love making this podcast and we would love to have it supported by a listener like you. So uh, go ahead, click the link in our show notes and join the awesome empire. Welcome to Awesome with Allison and Eric too. I'm Allison and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here the w- with the... What, where am I? I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, the working on his fitness, Mr. Eric Robertson. That's me. In Pleasant Picture Studio in Provo, Utah. Uh, Eric and I are so excited to give you this conversation Oh my gosh, did I need this conversation? Did my heart need it? My soul needed it. Everything needed it. It has been buoying me up with Miss Trisha freaking Huffman. We're talking about her book, F the Shoulds, Do the Wants. It is so good. Okay, before we get to the interview, I just wanted to give a shout out to Eric because you have been working on your fitness. Eric and I signed up. It's like, I don't want to say it because I don't want to jinx it, but I signed up for a marathon and Eric signed up for the half marathon. We're both committed, not just to to running and and because that's just one part of it. I've trained for so many races in my life, and I just I'll keep getting injured because listening to our bodies. So Eric and I are really, really committed to being really kind and compassionate and not being super results oriented, but really learning to listen to our bodies more and take care of them. Yeah, it's interesting. We signed up for the, you know, when spring comes, I get all excited about, I want to get outside. I want to go get fit. And then we signed up for the race because you love running. Yeah. I don't know if I love running. I've done one half before. (laughs) (laughs) But because I committed, I was like, okay. So so we got the app, you know, that tells you what to do. And I've been following it pretty strictly. But what I've noticed is how real momentum is. Momentum Mm. is such a real thing. So I committed to a race. And it's like, it's in September, so I have plenty of time yeah. logically to get ready for it. But I'm, I'm starting. But this made me so, okay, I'm running every day. The best time to run for me is early morning. So I get up in the early morning, and that's the t- best time. Like, the mornings are magic for me. I love meditating. I love reading. I love listening to podcasts while I'm running. So that extra time that I have is now fueling me with now good ideas, spiritual experiences. And it's just like flowing into everything into my life. And so... I just, I'm just really on a high right now. And I am loving it so much. It's really inspiring for me. And I bring that up because I want to brag, but also because I really feel like this idea of Trisha's book. So the title is, it just came out like last week, F the shoulds, do the wants, get clear on who you are, what you want and why you want it. I bring up, we want to train for this race, okay? But that requires a decision of like, what do you want? And that decision of what do you want coming from a true place rather than should, I should get fit, I should run, I should, I should, I should. I felt that so much after my accident in 2017 when I was hit by a car. I was training for a marathon then and I had gotten up to, you know, about 10 miles or so, which was my longest run and I was feeling so fit. And afterwards, I just should get back to running. I should get back to running. And I I found no joy in it. So it has been a really beautiful experience to want to do it. I'm so grateful to be able to do it. And so Trisha, this is a great quote from her. You have no idea how much the shoulds are running, eh, running your life, holding you back and making you question your worth on a daily basis. Forget what you have been told about what you should do or should be and ask yourself, what do I want? Now, much, much easier said than done, which is why this conversation with Trisha is going to blow your mind. We're going to talk about her book and I'm so, so excited for you guys to get a slice of her energy and her inspiration. It is truly amazing. She eliminated the word should 
from her vocabulary mentally and verbally for over 12 years now, and her book gives so much insight around that. Let's get to it. I am here with the sexy, the beautiful, the empowering, the talented, your joyologist, and mine, Miss Trisha Huffman. Hey, Trisha. Hi, Allison. I love you. You, we are FaceTiming as we record this, and for whatever reason, I'm gonna say it's Trisha's energy. <laughs> I keep like, I keep like voguing. Yeah, I don't know what you do. Yeah, you are, like, you are voguing. I don't. It's like voguing. <laughs> that's the only way I can describe. It's because that's like you can see the upper top of my body, so I just kind of keep like, yeah, raising the roof. Voguing. There was like some hand flipping action. I don't know. That's a dance move my dad calls the poodle, where you dig, 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 big, 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 dig, 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 big, big. I have to try that. Yeah, you have to try that. At my next (laughs) dance event, which is usually like with my children. (laughs) Kids, check out this new dance move. They're going to love it. Um, I'm so excited that you're on the podcast. I'm really excited that I'm doing the podcast again so that you can be on the podcast. <laughs> Me too. Both of those things. <laughs> Yay. But also, um, I want to acknowledge you for taking a break because that's what was likely best for you. And I'm sure that was a hard choice. And like, you know, like that is also, <laughs> I just wrote a book called After Shoulds Do the Once. And it's a lot of like, I'm sure you felt like I should keep doing this, but maybe it wasn't the best thing for you at the time. Well, and you understand. So Trisha was fantastic. So this is this is my favorite thing is like Trisha was writing her book at essentially the same time I was writing my book and your book came out on what date? May 10th. May 10th. So it's a brand new baby infant book, just like barely out of the NICU, just out there in the world, right? And um, so, but we had like a very similar timeline where we were writing like a long time ago and there was COVID and shutdowns. And the, the like, I almost like, <laughs> no comparisons, but only like for anecdote, because it is very funny. Your, your experience of writing a book, you're like, yeah, I followed my outline everything's like going to schedule I have this communication with my editors and you were like a well-balanced human who like like you would like go and have these like scheduled times to write like essentially you were doing what I thought I would do when I wrote a book or what a good author or like a responsible human did when they wrote a book then I'm over here like kind of letting you know that I'm having a rough time in life but also like not even quite admitting it to myself where like I you know was in the middle of an actual psychotic break I didn't want to put my book out anymore I wanted to cancel the book (laughs) and like I wrote I wrote 90,000 words in three weeks so I (laughs) You understand that number and that time frame. Yeah. (laughs) And you're over here like, you know, organized, writing your stuff. And you would like, Trisha was so incredible. She would check in with me. And it just, it was, I really, really appreciated it. And then I carried tons of guilt. I'm just, I'm, I like, first part is confession. And then we'll get to the book. Go for it. I'm I'm here for you. Lay it on me. <laughs> I was at a very, very, like, you know, ups and downs, and I turned my manuscript in. And when I turned my manuscript in, I couldn't read it. So, like, they would send me the edits back, and I just wouldn't read them. Mm. I, I didn't read them. I'd be like, okay. Um, I was I so scared number. for that part. I oh, was so yeah. <laughs> like, opening, like, opening, I didn't open the document. They're like, here's the document. I'm like, okay. Well, I haven't even decided if I want the book to go out, so I'm not going to open your document, so... I dare you to be mad at me. I know how good it is, but I'm not putting it out. Like, it's like the dichotomy, right? And so then I, you know, got a little better and then had a really sharp decline and then had some really, really hard stuff happen. And right in the, and this is like a couple months ago before, you know, things started to get better, right? Like got way, 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 you thought, you think things are at their rock bottom Mm. and then you're like, (laughs) There's a whole new level of rock bottom. So like I'm in the middle of my rock bottom and your promotional package with your book comes and it has like the tape on it and it's like F the shoulds, do the wants. And it's like your joyologist and I just was like, Trisha, that box sat unopened till 
like two weeks ago. And I felt so bad. Mm. I felt so bad you had sent the book. And I knew like all the while I'm having this internal dialogue where I'm like, because we were book friends and we were cheering for each other. And of course I didn't. I was like, if I sent somebody my book that I had this like personal relationship with and I didn't just hear anything from them, you know, it takes a minute to be like, okay, that's cool. Everybody's got their own timeline. (laughs) It was so great because then when I did some things Things got better. Things started to get upward. I started to re-enter the world and re-engage. And then I opened your book. And I opened your package. And I was nothing but excited. And I'm going to be honest. I'm like, I love Trisha. I know her writing. I know she's great. But, like, I'm not making any promises about the book. (laughs) There's a lot of books out there. There's a lot of... There's a lot of books. And if I didn't really, 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 really love the book... I didn't want to start promising things. I won't say it was a relief, but like I was. <laughs> I'll take it. That your book was so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so important. It's so necessary. It's so needed. It's so beautiful. <laughs> There's. I'm going to start. I'm crying. Like, seriously, like, we'll cry because you should because it's so. Uh, take away the word I'm should. I'm not going to cry you because I you. should. I'm going to cry because yeah. I'm feeling things and I'm allowed to feel things. <laughs> yes, you're allowed to cry. <laughs> Crying is beautiful. The premise of it is so unique. But the thing that I love the most about it, and then I'm finally going to let you talk. You're so patient. The thing that I love so much about it is one thing that I really cared about with with my book was I just feel like so many of us are in such a, a low place or or we're so done hearing all of the things we should do or we need to do to feel better. We're all mm. on the internet. It's full of psychobabble, you know, fully actualized, realized humans with all of our awareness. And yet we all still feel absolutely crappy. So what are the tools that like I could offer that somebody could when they're under their desk crying, grab the book. And that's the place that I came from. And I can absolutely tell that that's exactly your intention, that the book can be grabbed at any point or whether you meant to write and whether it was conscious or not, that you have so many quotes and pull quotes. And I love your black pages with the white text. I was really jealous. I loved it because it's so true to your branding, what you share on Instagram and what you've always shared, which are really powerful black and white statements. And I even think that that is so beautiful, that that symbolism of the black and white, where not in the like right or wrong, but in the duality of like yin and yang, masculine and feminine, the whole like coming together. Good job on a really, really good book that right now, don't even finish listening to the interview, but do finish listening to the interview. Go buy the book. And the you read the audiobook, but the, also the physical, it would be so sad if they didn't also have a physical copy of the book because of how many affirmations, mantras, journal prompts. Okay, now now tell me everything. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for that all. I love you. It's and, so um, good. It's so good. And yeah, I, I, you know, I, I mean, I even talk about that in the book, the sort of the idea of having to release the attachment of sending things out to the world or doing things for people and not expecting anything back. Yeah. And like, of course, I want everyone to show up for me and read the book. But it's also knowing like, yeah, everybody has their own stuff going on in life. And that like I sent it to one of my absolute dearest friends who is a big influencer and I was like it's been weak like in my mind I'm like why is she not even mentioned that she got the book and she was like Trisha I have received 20 packages with books in them in just the last week. You're one of my like closest friends, but like that's the reality. Like, you know, like, but it was like, but yeah. I wasn't even on her about that. But like, she was like, I just want you to be clear to make sure that you're checking in with people yes. to remind them to post it because yeah, like it's a lot. And so the, I also just knew that, but also like, yeah, like I can't be feel good about sending anything, doing anything, showing up for anything, unless it's a true want without any a- attachment. So what's going to happen? Like, sure I'm hoping I'm going to send that to you you're going to love it you're going to read it you're going to want to share about it Um, but I like me living with that disappointment isn't going to help me so I have so it's like you can also it's like space I can be disappointed oh I'm bummed that person even asked me for that they asked me if they could have an early copy and then they never even like said thank you like that does suck I can be disappointed and also I had to be clear with myself that they may never even touch this book 
before I sent it out. Like, so that's like so deep with the should the want thing is like everything that I'm doing, I'm clear about why I'm doing it. And it's a want. And yeah, you're right. I mean, the book I, I did, I put a lot of intention into, I wrote it in a specific order, which, oh my gosh, that was figuring out what chapters Oh the, order gosh, the, so the order of the chapters, <laughs> the order of the chapters, the order of the chapters and writing a book. That is a big one, people. No, this chapter, or then this chapter, or this, or this chapter. Like, yeah. Yeah. Could it be section? Do I do sections or chapters or this? Oh like, my gosh. Anyway. So yeah. Well, and did you, uh, well, side tangent, I want to hear about like how much you wrote that didn't go in, right? I'm just, I'm just interested, but the ordering, I just didn't expect, I wrote all of my book thinking this won't, this won't actually go in the book. This won't actually go in the book. And then it all is in the book. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. The ordering, the deciding what goes in the book. Yeah. Tell me all about it. But yeah. So anyway, that was like, woo, figuring out the order of the book. So it is in a particular order for reasons. But at the same time, and I've yeah. heard from so many people already that, yeah, like it's not me saying like, oh, it's a book you could just pick up or like, you know, struggling with something and pop in at something that everyone is telling me that. And I'm like, oh, yes, I wrote it for that purpose. So like it's in a specific order. But it's also especially if you're go- if you're struggling with, oh, I'm really not feeling I'm enough. Oh, I'm struggling with a fear. Oh, I'm feeling shame. I'm having a really hard time prioritizing my own needs. I really am not doing those things I want to do, then you can like turn to that chapter. But also, yeah, I know the reality of humans and you may really want to read this book along with 20 other books that you have on your shelf and you're not doing it. So it's like, I also know the power of like tweets and social media and how one quote can really affect you. And my life has been affected by like one, like there's, you know, there's a few, there's not many quotes in the book from other people, but a couple. And, um, I know the power of just one sentence could have. And so I did want to put, I would write and then, so everything that's a pull out quote was part of the book, but I would just like write it or be editing. And I'm like this, it would mostly come when I was like editing it and I would highlight and be like, I really want people to get this message. So Mm. like, can this be a pull out quote for the whole side of the page that, yeah, you can just page through and like, that's what, and so I feel like if you're like, I don't have time to read, you can just page through and land on one of those. And that could really hit you to then be like, oh, I want to actually read about that thing. (laughs) I love it. One thing that I loved so much is I've gotten a lot of questions about what has been the most helpful thing for me during this really tough time in my life. And you talk about one of the things that has been the most helpful for me, and that's the artist way and the morning pages. Trisha's foreword is by Jason Mraz, which is like another thing we could talk about for a long time. How you got, uh, just quickly, how you got Jason Mraz to sing me happy birthday. Oh, I forgot about that. that. (laughs) I forgot about that. I I like forgot about it and then a Jason Mraz song came on and everybody I was with was singing along and I was like, oh, wait, wait just a second. I've got something to show you. <laughs> he says my name. Was it a video? Um, both, we yeah, said a video. A video. <laughs> right. And then I came in and at the said, end and like said something. Right? Yes. You said like, I have a friend. So I, we, we don't want to get too distracted. But both you and Jason talked, men, Jason, first name basis, me and Jason, <laughs> Jace, we're best friends, talk about the artist's way and the morning pages. So I would love to have you talk about it a little bit because I can sell everybody on it. Even in, you mentioned it a couple of times in the book and then you even have a chapter with some awesome journal prompts so I would just love to hear a little bit about that yeah so um you know we hear all the time you should journal journaling is so good for you and it's like and same I heard that for years and it just never sounded like I don't know like I think I was making it be like dear diary and I had to write this beautiful thing that I was going to come back to and read like forever. But so the morning pages, when I read about that, it was like so freeing. It's just like, just sit down and write three pages, like word vomit on the page is like what I got from it. Like, don't even think about starting new paragraphs. It could just, you know, just put things on the page. It doesn't even matter. Just fill it up. So it's like, oh, I really need to get groceries today. Oh, I forgot to pay that bill. Uh, I wonder how my book's doing. Like, just really like letting your mind jump. And so that was so great for me, but it also, when I started to do it, was confronting because 
I realized it was easy for me to, you know, just do the basic brain dump stuff of like errands and to do's and like things that I wanted to do. But when a a fear, a doubt, a worry, a stress, anything that I used to want to label negative and I don't anymore, it's just like those are thoughts. Those are feelings. Uh, Mm. I would begin to like write it down and be like, oh, no, I can't do that. Like if I write that down on this page where I'm doing this brain dump, then that like means it it's real. Like, you know, like if I write this doubt, this worry down, yes. does that mean that I'm putting my energy to it? So I'm like going to manifest that that's my reality. And I was like screaming that that was in the book because that's something that I felt that I've worried about. And and honestly, as a result of a lot of people talking about spiritual concepts via Instagram posts, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But if all you're ever doing is getting your information in sound bites, you can... I don't know, you can miss the deeper principles and then use them as yet another thing to beat yourself up with, right? And so I loved that you talked about that. Yeah, so it was really scary for me to do that. Like to, like, I'm like feeling emotional right now. Again, like I can like remember like where I was, what house I was living in because I've, I've been around a lot. <laughs> and like, you know, this like <laughs> feeling of like, oh no, I'm not allowed to like write these things down, but like, okay, but okay, the purpose... And what I what I did when I started to actually put those things on paper, and that's what I share in the, the book, is that it feels as if, if if we give attention to fears, doubts, worries, stress, these like heavier things, shame, guilt, resentments, the things that we don't really want to feel, it felt like if I give them attention, then I was going to give them more power. I was going to feel them more. Like I was going to live into the weight of that doubt and fear and worry. But it was the opposite. Like uh, it was like by shining a light on them, I was able to expose them so that I could work through them. And and that ended up being like how I started to create my own F. Like I think at that time I was already known as your joyologist. Uh, it was before that product line. So I maybe shared affirmations, but I think that's where like the deeper affirmations came from. So then I was able to name these real things, these real fears, these real doubts, worries, comparisons, judgments, these things that we want to act like we don't have or that we're wrong for having. And it's really Mm. just the makeup of us being human and the being wired with our brains. So again, like meeting myself more with love and compassion instead of, oh, no, you have a bad thought. Oh, no, you judged yourself or you judged that person. You're such a bad person, Trisha. You're not doing things right. You're not positive enough. You're not evolved enough. You're not whole enough yet, whatever those things are, which that's what I find we do. It's like we end up just beating ourselves up instead of like, oh, that's interesting. You're having that thought. That's interesting. Like why? Oh, you're judging that person. Okay. What's going on there? And so allowing myself to ask different questions and go deeper. And that was all through the morning pages of actually giving myself this space to put things on the page and then be like, oh, is that really what I'm thinking and feeling? It may not be super present because I don't want to, right? But oh, that's in there somewhere. And so what can I do about that? And then is that what I want to believe? What do I want to believe? And that was then what would create the affirmations. And so like now it's something that's part of me that I can do it in the moment. Like, oh, I'm worried about this. Oh, okay. So I can live into that worry energy or like, what do I, I'm worried about how this conversation is going to go with Allison, right? That could be something that comes up. Okay. So, so what do I want to believe? I want to believe that it's going to be an amazing conversation and I'm going to show up and be fully present. It's going to be magical. So and then the affirmation would be like, like, I am showing up, I am present, I am magical or something like that. So it's really being able to now catch myself when I'm in the feelings. And, and sometimes it's as easy as that. And sometimes it's not. But I'm still able to meet myself with love and compassion and tenderness and, and go deeper into it instead of trying to push it away or, again, pile like shame or I'm not good enough because I'm feeling down, which is like ridiculous. It sounds so ridiculous when you say it. But I was reading your book and I wanted to skip to chapter 14 because chapter 14 is choose it or change it. And you say earlier in the book when something really, really crappy happens and you can't get like past it. Oh, more about that in chapter 14. And I was like, I need to go to chapter 14 because just (laughs) thank you, Trisha. I was crying. I'm like, (laughs) because, because. 
I find myself in this place like right this minute. And that's what your book helped me with. You know, I wrote a book. I have a book. I know it, you know, like in theory. But something is really is breaking my heart right now. It's just broken. It's just broken. And I hate it. I've done everything I can do. I've done everything I want to do. Not everything I should do, right? Because I learned that from you. But everything I, because I, I, I learned that from Trisha. But everything I want to do, everything I feel called to do into accountability on my part, into, but it involves other people. And I just can't force them to do what I want. I can't force them to feel how I want. That's what, and that's what it is. A lot of times, like, you should be this way and you should do that. Like, we yes. can project the shoulds onto yes, other people. Should. Oh, it this is. shouldn't be this it's hard. Should. <laughs> you should you get this. You should understand you what should. I'm saying. You should operate this way. How dare you? And I love in your book, like, your, your raw examples of friendships or different things where you have a run-in and it hurts. And for me, I just didn't realize how much shame I carried specifically, like shame around every single thing that like has uncovered, 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 just general shame. And then this whole new level of awareness around shame with my relationships not being where I think they should be so that I'm valid and worthy enough to be listened to. And so I did not get that when certain relationships or, you know, certain things in my life weren't here. Like at first it was my body or my Instagram following or my notoriety or people taking me seriously. And then as I let all of those things go, I didn't realize that I had put it so much on. Well, these people like Mm. me and think I'm good and valid. So I'm good and valid. And it's not even that, you know, these people don't like me and don't think I'm valid. It's just the relationships are shifting and changing and I am freaking the freak out about it. I just appreciated you have in there your forgiveness practice, which is just so beautiful. Can I read a little bit? Go for it. This is in your chapter, Stop Beating Yourself Up. Oh my gosh. Thank you for writing me a personal book, Trisha, to help me. Okay. It reminded me that forgiving someone has less to do with the other person and more to do with ourselves. Forgiveness is for us to be able to heal, move forward, and release the pain we are carrying. And it worked. There have been times since then with that same person and others that I feel triggered, and I bring myself right back to what I named my forgiveness practice. The practice is simply repeating, I forgive you, until I feel the energy dissipate. It may not rid you of it forever, but it is something to do in the moment that allows you to root down. Oh, that's so beautiful root down release and not be so reactive I just started repeating I forgive you I forgive you I forgive you and it is so little to do with actually forgiving the other person and everything to do with forgiving myself because I just have so much shame that a person that is the way that I am should there's the should right shouldn't have these types of situations I just, I can't even believe how little I actually know. And I say that with like kindness, like dumb. Like I really do mean like, eh, I'm kind of an idiot that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of an, you know, I came by it honestly. Oh, I just love that so much. And what I wanted you to go into because you do this so, 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 so beautifully in your book is you spend 12 years working on eliminating the word should from your vocabulary, but God bless you because, oh, I just have so many quotes circled. It's not just a word exchange. It's an energy exchange. Oh, come on. That's good. It is. Did you write that and get, I just got chills when I read it. Did you write that and get chills? You're like, they're so lucky to have me I don't think so because that's something I've been saying for years. So it's not, I mean, I gave Mm. the word up in Mm. 2008 and I, was the most committed to anything you could ever be. <laughs> like, yeah, I get and that. So, and I never went backwards. <laughs> and so, you know, and even when reading books to my kids and stuff, if the word should is in there, I, I swap the word out. Like, I what I it. realized, it, it became so powerful to me immediately because I did notice that energy change because I decided to cut the word out of my life. And then I was like, what? 
I didn't think I lived a life of shoulds. This word keeps wanting to come out of my mouth and I would be stuck. I was so, when I commit to something, it's more important for me to commit to it than what I look like in front of others. So I would be in a conversation and would be like, Allison, what should, and I could have just said, what should we talk about? And then next time I won't say that, but I wouldn't, I would stop And I still do it now. Like if I'm trying to work on like, I'll sometimes hear myself saying like, let's just, or I'm just this. And I'll be like, why am I saying just? Like I find myself minimizing it. So I will Mm. edit the word while I'm saying it. And and instead, and I think that people worry about, oh no, what would people going to think about me? Because I'm just said the same thing twice, but I edited a word out. Like, because it's more about me and what I'm trying to do and how I feel and what I'm committed to. So I would be stuck there with what shit, what word do I use? Oh my gosh, I use this word all the time. What am I going to say? And I tried different things out and one ended up being the one that for most of the times, which I have a whole chapter on other things that could work in other situations when you're talking and to people. Yes. But like, yes, the one yeah. thing, like it was an immediate thing that I really felt that energy that change and that I was living with. I'm allowed. I'm allowed to do this. I'm allowed to say no. I'm allowed to like this music. I'm allowed. And so I felt that energy shame, like exchange right away. So I didn't feel that magic when I wrote it because that has been something I've been saying for years. But I was not aware. This was so life-changing, but it's changed my life and made me so self-aware of everything and what I'm doing and why and what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. Like I relate everything back to it. And so I'm constantly whoosh, realigning myself whoosh, in integrity whoosh, with intuition coming back to these Mm. things and really also giving myself so much love and compassion, which then I also have for others because I realize that we're living with this BS. Um, And now I don't know what I was going to say. But anyway, yeah, like, so it was like 12 years. Like I didn't realize. So then when I finally was like, okay, sit down and write the book. What's then a book going to be about? And Shud's like, this is the most thing I've wanted to talk about for years. And I've been talking about it. And nobody understands how powerful it is. They're just like, sure, Trisha, you changed a word out. Good for you. Just like the forgiveness practice. Great. You say, I forgive you. That's too simple. So many people have discredited me over the years because what I'm telling you are such simple things. (laughs) But they are so impactful. So they're too simple. People don't want to try them. That's too easy. Just cut that word out of your life. Yeah, right. (laughs) So like the fact to like really being able to see how deeply rooted it is until then to write these powerful chapters about these things that really are at the root of shoulds, but it's our self-judgment, like these ways that we really make everything so much harder for ourselves, relating it back to the shoulds and shame and judging ourselves and that it's really like so much we are worried about what other people are thinking about us or may think about us and less about what do I actually believe about myself? What do I and you, want? I think you and I are so similar and we came about it different ways where from the outside, we're very confident. We're very, you know, maybe aggressive, direct. We're, you know, ambitious. Those are all the masculine words for it. <laughs> but we we're very confident. We're very confident. And you were an audio engineer as a young female when there's no females, no young females hardly. I mean, I know it just from, you know, Eric's profession and being in the music community here. There's so few female back end in the audio at all. Like just none. You can barely find them. You know, you you went out there, you put yourself out there and you and I, it's like we were in the wild, wild west and we like were in the gold rush and we like were staking our claims and we're like, oh, this is unclaimed territory. Stake it, stake it, stake it. And then I think both of us, I'm so sorry for the loss of your father. You lost your dad really unexpectedly. That, you know, probably paired with a lifetime of the pushing and the the staking, the claims. You know, we both had instances where we looked up and we looked around at like all this claim, all the, everything we had gathered. That was a lot of like, let me prove myself. Yeah. Yeah. And there were things I I wanted to do. Yeah, but, uh, and we were well, brave enough to do you. Prove, prove, <laughs> prove. And I want to give a shout out to my friend who's an artist, Caitlin Conley, because her and I were talking recently and she was giving that like claim, like, and I've talked about it as Wild Wild West, but she gave me that visual. She's an artist, so of course, but that visual of like, we're running around and we're like staking a claim. You know, she's an artist in Utah working full time. There's like no full time female studio artists, hardly. And this is like 10, 12, 
12 years ago. Both of us are talking 10, 12 years ago. And then all of a sudden, you have this this change. This life is different than you thought. We look up and we think, I thought that I was doing everything I wanted. I thought I was doing it for me. I thought I was claiming this for me. I thought I wasn't listening to what everyone around me was telling and expecting of me. Maybe I was. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I was living more with the fear of, you know, displeasing people. And I just think it's so crazy because I think we have such cognitive dissonance around it where people have a hard time understanding that both can be true. Mm -hmm. You were and are this, you know, hardcore, get it done, unabashed, unafraid, confident woman. And at the same time, you went to eliminate the word should and it really started showing you just like I shared where I'm like, oh, I took away all of these other shoulds, but it looks like there's still some more really in there. Yeah. Well, and also for me, like my career and becoming a sound engineer and everything I did with that, that all was for me and I loved it. But it was also then I sort of was like, God got into a place like I did it. And like, what is next? Yeah. But at the same time, I really identified <sighs> yeah. identified with myself yeah. as that person. I yeah. freaking loved <laughs> that I was a f- female monitor engineer. Look at me. Even though I still was felt, you know, faced with different judgment and this and blah, blah, blah. So it was also then like harder to give it up because it was like, I did this and I love it. And so like, what's next? So I was already sort of feeling that way mm. when my dad yeah. passed away. And I had even, I think, yeah, I had stopped touring and I had worked at House of Blue San Diego when they opened and became the production coordinator. And I was like, look at me, I can wear like dresses and walk to work. And then somebody hired me to go back on tour and end up back on tour. Like I was in a place where I still loved what I did and loved my life, but I knew I was also ready for a shift. And again, it was like hard to give up my identity the mm. the rock and roll sound engineer oh my gosh and and even once I did then make like quit that and start this new thing that's still like to other people but you're not but no but Trisha's you're like the sound you know like for myself it was hard to let go of that identity and then also for other people but like you just did you clawed your way to the top you can't just stop now like <laughs> it's like it's like it took um and and it still isn't done probably six years before people stopped asking asking when my next dance party was. It was successful. And- <laughs> so you do it forever, right? <laughs> I got, you know, I was pitched television shows, news stations. So, you know, I had climbed and fought to get people to, to see me as this serious, like, give me your money. You can trust me. I have the clout. And then they were all offering me money and I was like, never mind. I don't want to. And even though I was doing what I wanted, letting go of that identity, especially when like you're working so hard to let it go and then people keep confirming like your greatest worry, like you're they like walk up and are like, well, <laughs> you're only valid for this reason, right? And you're like, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so then it's like, you know, I should keep doing this. I wanted to do this and I did. I made it. Look at how successful I was as I am. So I should keep going and that. But yeah, for me, like that wasn't one, but that making that transition of knowing I didn't want to do it anymore, but also like, how dare I give up my dream <laughs> that I worked so hard yeah. for? But I also realized I had a lot, I had so many other insecurities. It was like being so self-confident and some way but also like so not in so many others I had so many body image stuff and you know wanting to be loved by others and seeing like that deep craving it so like professionally I felt seen but in so many other ways personally I didn't so like it wasn't I wasn't really in a really grounded spot yes that I that's literally like such a good way of putting it because that's how I felt, but I didn't have the words for it at the time, right? You don't have the language. That's I believe that books save lives. I just really, really, like, I love that rallying cry of, like, books save lives. And just exactly like you just did, like, giving language. When you give that language to the shame and to the not being kind of able to understand, like, the things that are pulling apart in our own brain, the, the duality, the paradoxes. Can I read, do you like me just reading from your book? Do whatever Um, you want, lady. This is so, 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 so good. And it's such a good visual. This is just some good writing right here. Day in and day out, we are wearing the heavy weight of should, like an invisible, itchy, inescapable cloak. It's time to take it off and start your journey of cooking out the shoulds for good. 
Come on. That's really good. And itchy. And you know, I love a cape. I love a cape or a cloak. What I love so, so much is just, I think that somebody maybe would hear that sentence on the podcast and be like, but how? But how? It's like, read the freaking book. You make it, it's like, just read the freak. Yes, listen to this conversation. But like, the book makes it so easy. It's like, how? Okay, let me give you literally like six pages of sentences to swap it for. Like, you let like have list after list after list, alternative sentences, alternative thoughts, alternative things to land on. You just have such a gift for it. And so, oh gosh, we're already like, I love us because we're already at like 40 minutes. But it's one of your last chapters, but you talk about affirmations. Yeah, chapter 16. Chapter 16. And I absolutely love your thoughts around affirmations. I think of you like kind of as an OG of affirmations, right? Like affirmations have been around a long time in spirituality, but you were, you were affirming, you were affirming the internet a long time ago. You're still affirming the internet, right? No, it's true. Affirmations have been around a long time. I did not create them, but yes, I've been sharing affirmations on the internet since 2009. And now now, yeah, I even tried it. Like I was like weekly affirmation posts. Like I almost stopped doing because I'm like, do I? There's like, I think every, almost Everyone's every do- yeah. account is sharing a new <laughs> affirmations for the week. So do I still do? And now I am not, again, I only am like, great. So maybe I will share them when I really feel I want these to come through me. But yes, affirmations are yeah. everywhere now. But I love you kind of break down how to write them, how to use them. So I'd love if you have a few just thoughts or off the top of your head. I mean, you're sipping from your Tumblr that has a list of, uh, do you just want to read your Tumblr right now? Your Tumblr is really good. I have one, right? Like you're, you, there, there truly is an art to creating affirmations. And I love in the book you even talk about, I wrote affirmations that I look back out now and I'm like, oh, I don't really agree with that affirmation. And I feel the same way. Yeah. Well, so I already like mentioned how the morning pages and like facing my, my real thoughts, fears, doubts, whatever helps me mm. to write affirmations. And oh, I haven't done it in a while, but yeah, I was for like during the pandemic, got into like being doing a regular share of affirmations. And I would sometimes up like in the story slide say, you know, write a box. So like to help people. And so I would say like, what's something that you're struggling with or what's a reoccurring doubt, fear, worry that you have? Mm. So like, again, so to ask yourself, like, what is the real, like, what is a fear? It could be like, I don't know, I'm going to pay my bills next week. Like, am I ever going to find love? Uh, I don't, you know, whatever the thing is, like to the biggest thing is to name it. Name the doubt, fear, worry, name the thought you don't want to have, whatever. And so then asking yourself, like I said, what do I want? So what do I want to believe? And then making it a present tense statement. But I also am Mm. clear in the book too that sometimes an affirmation feels too big, too far off, too powerful, so it's not going to work. For instance, like, you know, people that have struggled their entire lives with body image. And and so, of course, we have done – so much greater awareness now. Um, but yet still, the amount of work I do, for sure, I go to try on a new dress. Oh my gosh, I can't believe my arms look like this. Or, you know, like no match, matter how much work I have done, my brain can still jump to, wait, is that really what I look like? Wait, these don't fit me anywhere. Wait, this is uncomfortable. Like, oh my, like wanting to then mm. not feel good. So it sometimes just saying like, okay, well, what am I telling myself? Like, I'm not thin enough or I don't like my body or blah, blah, blah. I wish I, you know, what I want to believe. I am perfect and whole as I am. That's beautiful. That might work for you. That might be too, yeah, great. And also, like, I really feel uncomfortable that I look this way. And so it's... Yeah, <laughs> it, it can feel like a, like, from the place of understanding, awareness or compassion, whatever it is, from the place you're in, it feels like a lie. Yeah. To say it. Like, so, so I love, yeah. Yeah, you know, I am enough as I am right now is such a great one, but still that can be a struggle if you've spent your entire life being told by the world and so then yourself that you are definitely not enough because you are not the size of, you know, the supermodel that is on that, you know, is on a, the ad for that 
pants or whatever the thing is. And so I, it's like being real with yourself. If that is too far off, so then could it just be, and this is from tapping language that they use the even though, which I think is really beautiful. So you're making space for like, even though I'm struggling with, you know, I struggle with what I look like, or I, even though I wish my body was smaller, even though I wish it was easy for me, you know, easier to love and accept my body. And then put like, a, a, a thought that feels more true like so even though I'm struggling with how I f- how I feel in my skin I am working every day to love and accept myself so it's like what is an mm. even baby step of a thought but it's even just I think the the getting curious first of I don't have to believe this thought is such the big thing I'm not enough I'm not enough in some way I'm not enough is usually it's like it's some version of I'm not enough and then what would be the supportive thought that just even allows you to be like, huh, it's just like you're, you're just treating yourself with more love and compassion and respect. Or just like, yeah, like a real fear. I don't I know I'm going to pay my bills. Saying I'm abundant, maybe not help you. <laughs> like if you realistically yeah. do not know, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills in the next month. I'm abundant could be great for you. You could be unemployed and you don't know you're trying everything and yet those jobs are coming. I am abundant could be, you know, what works for you or could be even though I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills this month. I, you know, trust that I am doing the everything to support myself or like I am showing up for, I am grateful for what I do have and the opportunities that are coming my way. It's like just allowing yourself to give yourself some hope, some love, some space in a way that just, just like just even giving yourself a 10th percent more hope, love, and then figuring out what is like for you, it could be like, I'm a badass moneymaker could be the thing that gets you motivated. Like, right, I just need to put myself out there. But it's again, like being realistic about you and your life and your thoughts and your programming and starting to allow yourself to give yourself hope, love, compassion, respect. It's so beautiful. I I know that every single person listening is going to be able to take something from that and apply it right now. And yet again, another testament to what her book will do for you. So I love you. (laughs) I love you. Okay. So I want to ask you a few questions. What is your go-to pump up song? That's a good question. It's funny because I was such like music person from early ages, which got me into sound. And then like in the last like decade or plus, I'm like pop music. Uh, oh yeah, like yeah. So I'm like I don't even know. Like to be honest, I listen to Justin Bieber's Pandora Station a lot. <laughs> yeah, like that mix of songs. Um, <laughs> which Justin Bieber? Which Bieber? I love how you talk about NSYNC in your book because I love NSYNC. <laughs> I love that story for my client. But yeah, and that was like for me too. This was a way that like I was stealing joy for myself that I was like, I remember, I think it was back when Justin Bieber teamed up with Skrillex. For, that was a long time ago now. But so it was write these more like dance songs. And I was like, well, this is Justin Bieber. So I shouldn't like this. I'm cooler. So I should like whatever. Like those were also like ways that we should on ourselves yeah. to not enjoy the things that yeah. we enjoy. Because like, what does this mean about me if I like this song? So starting right? from back then. So it's like newer Bieber. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. That was now like probably 10 years ago at least. Because <laughs> what about what are your thoughts on Yummy? It's not my fave. I, I mean, I can get into the music of it, but it's not my fave. You know that song that like he did? Eric. This is not like a dancey song, but the song with what's the actresses in the music video? Uh, icon Keaton. Oh, I don't she like know. plays his like grandmother in the video. Uh, looks like a ba- dad. I don't know. That song is beautiful. But no, so I like that station is one that I'll put on. This is like not uh, like one of my favorite songs for all time is Lovely Day, though. Like lovely day. Oh, do you know Bill Withers? That is um our Eric and I our wedding video. That is like the song he chose to go with our wedding video. Love it. So yeah. So I love yeah, that's such so a good So I was like, song. I do put on the Bieber Pandora station often for like, all right, let's get in the mode and see comes up. Um and that's different people. Oh, like yeah, like Halsey, I love some of her songs that are on that. But yeah, like the one actual main song that's coming up for me is Lovely Day. Okay. I love that. It's lovely. Uh, what is, and you can try as best to visually describe a go-to dance move for you. 
my goodness. You know, like I, the thing that's coming up would be a lot of jumping. When I'm really oh, okay in a dance like thing, like dance thing, then it's like it's hard. Like I don't know, and it's like I can't visualize. But I just have these memories of like again, like there was a real like Skrillex dancey section. I remember my friend's wedding too. Like at this time of my life, that was like a lot of like sort of like this EDM but more pop EDM like music that was like, and I feel I would be so into that I would sort of be like my arms are like up, but I'm like sort of like jumping in like different directions. Okay. Yeah. It's very like, it uh, feels like a little rave like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because the way that she was showing me her arms was reminding me just, you know, a little bit of like the blow up guys that by the car sales where they're like. So no, it's not like flowy at all. Like it's boom, boom. Like, like I'm sort of, I don't even know. Like when I can really get into something. You look flowy when you do right. it. It looks flowy. You, you I feel, have some you like mid, like I mean, from hit. my friend's wedding, like where I was really like in a moment, there are some pictures of me dancing. I can send to you. <laughs> I don't yes, care. please, please do. I can't wait. I love it. Okay. What is a book you love? I know. So, I ask, these are hard questions. They're hard questions. Yeah. Well, so I, maybe a book that you feel like has really changed your yeah. life. Yeah. So I was going to say like, I currently read a lot of, I love memoirs, but I also really love fiction books and that's like a big self care for me. And again, something that I was like, felt like shame about that. Like, wait, I'm just going to go read like Same. a beach read Same. novel. Oh, how dare I yeah. waste my time that way? And I'm like, what's this is, like so fulfilling, yeah. so relaxing. I can tune into it. I'm also learning about people, how amazing that these people write these creative stories Anyway, but so this was a book that changed my life and I did read it like right after my dad's death. I've always been someone that learned more from people's personal stories and that's also why in my book I'm Mm. telling so many personal stories. Okay, it's not super known. So it's by Brad Warner and it's called Hardcore Zen Punk Rock Monster Movies and the Truth About Reality. I'm like, was that book written for you? Yeah. Was it written just for you? So I found that book, (laughs) uh, you know, like – after my dad's death and like going to the self-help section of the bookstore. <laughs> and that was like the one that really resonated with me. And so this guy was like, he he was a punk rock musician, but then he also like really got into, uh, I guess, maybe Buddhism and meditation. And he like traveled to like, he was like, you know, living with in- monks like meditating forever and stuff like that. And then and he also like really was into like, and like basically he got his dream jobs and was like living in Japan, doing all the things. He was studying with the Buddhist masters and everything and like still just like, oh, and I'm still like unhappy. Like if it was like a big, mm-hmm. like, you know, such a truth about you can have everything you want, work so hard for it. And it doesn't mean that everything's going to have like that everything's perfect that like life keeps going on. And so like, and that's really has been like the core of ever since I started my work Joelle just is like seeing like we all these people that have it all and that's what I saw too during sound like I was working side by side with these people I was living my biggest dream they're living their legit biggest dream singing their songs touring the world you know adoring fans had even amazing families and loved ones and everything had everything but yet well how can they be unhappy still How can they still be in comparisons and should and doubts and fear and judgment? Like, how can you have it all and still be unhappy? And that it wasn't like, again, it's just like sort of the human condition and and seeing like, so that's what it's like. The point of the book and everything is like, life is always going to have its challenges and it's not your fault. And no matter how many dreams you get, like, you know, realize or that, like, like, and even this, like. I feel so fulfilled that this book is out there and people are reading it and stuff like that too. But I couldn't put everything in. I only feel how my book does. How you talking to me about the book Mm. is so emotional for me and I love it. And also once this conversation ends, I can't have all of my like life be around how is my book doing and how is like the thing doing. So it's like the daily things that we can be connected with ourselves and find daily joy and daily fulfillment. And so like that book was life changing for me of like this guy, like really vividly like telling his story and like I did everything and I even was studying with the monks forever. And it's just like the human condition. Mm, that's so beautiful. I love that. Okay, I'm excited to check it out. Um, okay, and the final question. Just one thought, and you can make it as long or as short as you want, but one thought that you're like, you read the book, fine. Don't read the book, fine. But if 
people have met Trisha Huffman or know anything about you, what's one thought you want to leave them with or one idea? Hmm. You can take your time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, the, when you said that, this one thing that is is a, a pull out, I think, in the book, too, came to me. And I was like, I don't know if that's it or if that's too blah, blah, blah. And it won't go away. My brain will not let go of it to have any other thoughts. So um, the main thing is to to allow yourself to realize a judgment can only have power over you if it is something that you believe to be true. And I go into this in the book, but so if you Mm. take that phrase with you, a judgment can only have power over you if you believe it to be true. So this means when you're worried about being judged for others or judged by others or when you feel like, oh no, people are gonna think I'm a bad mom because of this or I'm a this or I'm not good at this enough, then you have to be coming back to you. Is that what I believe? No, then you're free of it. And then if it is, then looking at your judgment so you can then heal them. But we are so often worried about being judged in what other people will think. But really, that's ourselves judging ourselves. We act as if it's, it's the so world true. not allowing ourselves to be ourselves. And they won't accept me. And they're, I'm not a good enough this. I'm not that. I'm not allowed to do this. But when we are in the fear of being judged or like you are going to be judged, that is the truth. But like looking at, do I believe that judgment? That really sucks that that person thinks that about me. But what do I, what is the truth? What do I know to be true? So again, Mm, coming back to yourself and giving yourself the power and how you feel about yourself and in your life and not these other people that are living their lives. They are not living your life. And I love that you say that so much because I really know and believe the, the way to get there, to know what you think about yourself, to know how you feel about yourself is to start effing the shoulds and do the wants. Look at that full circle moment right there. We just did it. <laughs> um, okay, this is, uh, Trisha, this has been so incredible. We're going to link to your book. You read the audiobook, right? I do, and even Jason even came into the studio to re- record his audio for the <sighs> forward, too. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I feel a little nervous just thinking about it. Okay, thanks, Jason. Love you. Um, (laughs) Do you like I just start giggling when you say his name? Like I'm 10, 15. (laughs) Like, oh, Jason? It's fine. I'm fine. It's cool. I'm chill. Um, Thank you so much, Trisha. This has just been such such a joy. And you have your podcast, Claim It. Yes. So, like, you want to keep listening to Trisha. If you like my podcast, you're going to love her podcast, right? Like, I feel like if you like one, you're going to probably like the other. That's just kind of how I feel. I could be wrong. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) And I just appreciate your time and appreciate you so much. Thank you so much, Trisha. And thank you for your beautiful book and your beautiful words. I love you and appreciate you so much. And I can't wait for for your amazing book to come out in the world. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Trisha's the best. I love you too, talking tech. So she's like a rock and roll roadie. Like she she worked with Dolly Parton. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, I mean. It's in the book. Yeah. I, like it's freaking mind blowing. And I'm just, I'm so, so really just thrilled that there's a book that has all of the things that you need for application. Our books parallel each other in so many ways, but they're also very different in so many ways. Her book's available right now, so you should definitely get it. It's on Audible. We're going to link to it. And you should follow her on Instagram. She posts really awesome affirmations on a regular basis. So we're going to link to her Instagram profile as well in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you again to Trisha for her heart, her sacrifice. Writing a book is a sacrifice. <laughs> it really is of love. It's a it's a labor of love. And I am really grateful for her experience that she has shared. And we are so grateful for you, our lovely listeners, who have been supporting us with Venmo and PayPal donations. We are working to make Awesome with Allison and Eric too, supported by listeners like you. We're so grateful. We're also grateful for reviews. And we have one new review. Reviews are so helpful. Anything you can do is helpful. You know, we get these
these $5 Venmo donations. And guys, I can pay my nanny because of the donations. And so I really, it really makes a difference to us. And we're, we're just so appreciative of the awesome empire, the community. And Eric, do you have a review for us? Yeah, this is from Maddie Ferris. She says, Allison and Eric, your show has truly saved my life from the very first episode. I have been a longtime fan, even seeing you guys in person on Allison's last tour. I have been in trauma therapy the last four years, and I'm currently batting PTSD and anorexia. Mm. During this time, your show has meant more than ever. I re-listen to episodes and mark new ones for the darkest of days. Truly, your joy and inspiration on here saved my life and kept, and kept me going countless times. Bless you guys, and huge gratitude for being a light in this crazy, painful world. Thank you, Maddie. Oh my gosh, Maddie. <laughs> Maddie, um, thank you. And that's why we're here. It really is why why we're here. It saved your life. You saved your life. You saved your life. Yeah. And man, it is hard to be alive sometimes. It's hard to want to keep living. And I feel that. I'm a real intense Scorpio and <laughs> I feel, I feel that and I, I receive that and I'm so grateful. Maddie, if you shoot us an email to heygirlatthealisonshow.com, we are going to get you a little something for that review, a little swag. We are so grateful and I want to give a shout out. I'm just going to, Fiona, like, you know, our Fiona, but then I'm going to say thank you to Fiona as one of our um, listeners who supported us with our last episode. In the little Venmo captions and PayPal captions, people will leave me the most beautiful notes and I want you to know I read every single one. I haven't figured out how to respond on PayPal, but I'm reading them and I'm receiving. It feels really good to receive. We are so honored to be able to do this work, to have the capacity to do it, to be able to share and give back all of the love that we have in our life, all of the blessings we have in our life. We are so grateful to be able to share those with you. I want to remind you, (laughs) only you can be you. Sidebar, we need you. We need you as you are exactly the way you are right now. And you are already as awesome as you need to be. Eric, do you have a song to take us out on? Oh, I sure do. This comes from the new Grip Hop collection. I freaking love your Grip Hop situation. I was like, is Grip Hop a real thing? I don't know. I just made it. It's cool. I mean, I just labeled it that. It's just like, like it's kind of, I mean, this isn't like, it's just, I mean, gritty, fun, kind of hip hop, you know. Mm, Give me that grip Vintage. (laughs) This song's called Pressure. It's from my music library, Pleasant Pictures Music Club. Use code AwesomeWithEric for 20% off. 